Welcome, everyone, to another edition of Bear Football, another disappointing loss for the Chicago Bears. The Justin Fields and the Bears office couldn't, couldn't get it done. They have the ball with a little less than two minutes to go. They're down by three points, and uh, their very first play call, Luke Getze has Justin Fields run with the ball, and Fields was clearly suffering from tired legs. That play call has to be uh, one of the worst I've ever seen. And then on the very next play, Justin Fields throws an interception as the pocket was collapsing on, on him. Very disappointing, but uh, nonetheless, you know, it is what it is. I saw a lot of progress in this team. Uh, Tyler, what are your overall thoughts? Um, it, it's, it sucks, Aldo, because I wanted to win. Um, speaking for my brother, John Buffon, um, no more victories, you know. Um, but we are climbing the, the draft chart, and so and we own it, and so it sucks, man. I could take so many different instances. Um, I do see progress. We are fighting in these games, um, but it just sucks because um, I am worried about Justin's hamstring at this point. Was that a desperation throw? Um, a lot of different things to take away. Finally, getting Montgomery involved. But um, my overall quick reaction is. Um, are, are are we are we are we playing down? Are we are we playing down the competition? Are we just not are we just not power driving through to get a victory? And um, but ultimately Justin's hurt. Why are we running him? And so that's one of my instant reactions. Let's go over to my brother Danny. How you doing? Yeah, I'm good. I mean, in terms of my instant reaction is is uh, again, it's, it's as Justin goes, as this offense goes, there is just to kind of show you guys how. This offense was putting up averaging about 30 points a game. And it was all because Justin Fields and what he could do athletically with his legs and, and take that aspect away. And then the, the, the offense bogs down. You make this just a traditional, you know, drop down pass, you know, pass offense. Uh, and they can't, they can't complete passes because you can't protect Justin. You don't have uh, receivers yet that can, you know, you know, get initially, you know, open right away after, after the, uh, after the snap. And then, and plus, you know, Justin's still developing in terms of his ability as a, NFL pocket passer you know he's getting better and better but he's he's not yet fully developed there and that's something that you know we have to expect but you know with, with him and his ability to run and create you know uh, advantages on the outside with his legs and you take that away from him and this is what happens to the Bears offense with that ability still there you know he's, he's still you know he's still a dangerous this uh, um, element to this offense and you still add average about 30 points a game the one thing that's encouraging was that you know we saw he was limited in the second half but he was able to, you know, use and make plays in the pocket, you know, not necessarily run and, and gain first downs with his legs, but, you know, by time. That, that was that one play to St. Brown. That was a 12-second back there. He was He's running around, making guys miss in the, in, in the backfield, you know, just buying time and allowing St. Brown to come open. You know, we said before, I don't care how good of a secondary you have defensively. I don't care what you got going on. You cannot cover NFL receivers for that long. And, and that's the kind of stuff that Justin brings, you know, even when he's not fully healthy. So the unfortunate part was it, you know, th this last drive, I, I didn't get the play calling, you know, you know, Justin's dealing with some hamstring issues and some leg issues, lower body issues. And you do that quarterback draw the first play. And then the second one, he, he runs as well. It looks like he just kind of tucked in and ran. I'm not sure what the play call was there. The third the interception, obviously the ball was a little bit high, but right through Montgomery's hands, he should have made that catch. Now would it have been enough for a first down? Maybe who knows, but they got like the ball gets tipped. You know, tip drill, you know what happens with those tip drills, right? It goes right into the defender's hands, interception, ball game, it's over. So um, it's unfortunate, but, it, you know, it's something that we have to kind of like, you know, keep going. In terms of, you know, this this Bears team, this is how it is, guys. You know, like we talked about 
this this should have been a, a, a could have been a winnable game. We've been saying that for the last three weeks, right? But so was the other team. Like Atlanta is a game out of first place, and there's like this is our our game. We must win this game. And you know they're they're a team like I said, one game out of first place, and they came on they when they won that game. Yeah, you know, and Danny, I, I I mentioned just before you got on, I was a little disappointed with the play calling myself. Overall, though, I want to ask both of you guys, starting with you, Danny, what did you think overall the game plan from Luke Getze? Because I, for one, was a, and I've, I'm always very very reluctant, like Tyler, to criticize the uh, offensive play calling and play calling in general. But this was one game where I really rose an eyebrow and I thought Luke Getze may have made some bad uh, play calls. And there is going to be a time where you just have to risk that this guy can throw from the pocket and make these timing uh, 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 throws. What do you think, Danny, about Luke Getze overall for this game uh, with the play calling? I think the, the play calling was was a little bit like this is the first time in a while that I've kind of scratched my head on a couple of these plays. Like I said, we just mentioned those those first two plays on that last drive. Uh, first half, it was a little bit uneven. We talked about it at the halftime. But, you know, Dean, I, I, I give credit to where credit's due, man. Dean Pease is one of the, the better defensive coordinators in, in, in football. And and we saw on one of those sacks in that, that first drive after halftime where, it, you know, he brought a, a linebacker that was that was covering, that jammed uh, the tight end at the line of scrimmage, was covering, and then all of a sudden he came barreling in and, and then sacked Justin Fields. So, you know, they do a great job of disguising their coverages and what their what their intentions are pre-snap and then post-snap is this other thing as well. So, you know, I just got to tip my hat to, to Dean Pease and what he did. I think he confused um, some of the, you know, whether it's Fields or, or whether the offensive line, the, the, the blocking assignments and all that stuff. I think that was definitely something that, that played a role there. And again, with Fields ham- hamstrong, uh, you know, pun intended, there with with his leg, you know, it's it's you, you can you can only lo- do so much in terms of Luke Getzey because what you've been doing the last three or four weeks has been working great, you know, it's that's kind of you that's taken away. You have like one one hand tied t- behind your back, and you're kind of like now I'm trying to figure out to how to get this offense moving without the threat of Justin being able to run and take off. And it was only a matter of time, you know, that the broadcast team picked up on it on on TV on on Fox. It was only a matter of time where, where these defensive NFL defensive players and coordinators are going to pick up. Say, hey, he's not doing the tr- the stuff that he's been doing the last three four weeks. He's not running with the ball. He's got to be hurt. Let's go. Let's bring pressure. Let, let, let's you know, kind of you know if he's down, let's let's keep him down. And I think you saw that there with with just bringing all these different kind of blitzes from all different angles. Tyler, I, I want your thoughts on this too, and I'll add to the question. We saw early in the game in the Bears' second series, Fields misconnected with a wide-open Darnell Field down the right uh, side of the field that would have added 67 yards to his passing total, would have put, easily put him over 200 for this game. But then I don't recall there being another pass call that was a bomb, you know, to test this Falcons secondary, which is ranked among the worst in the league. How disappointed are you? And I know you, you're like me, you're reluctant to criticize the play calling, but how how pissed off or where you could, or are you annoyed a little bit that Getsy didn't go back to the well? Although I'm definitely annoyed by it. We don't, I don't want to criticize the coaching, but those are the facts. Mooney had the guy beat. Like the guy couldn't stick with him. So it was very, very weird to see him not go back to what we saw was an opportunity. I mean, Darnell Mooney finally got his touchdown t- this season, like a, last week, week before. And so it's, it, but it's also like you see Justin being the nice student 
doesn't want to go against the teacher, doesn't want to get anybody upset, but like that commanding Hall of Fame quarterback says, hey, that guy is open. Let's go back there. And so it's it's like you're damned if you do, damned if you don't. Like our quarterback doesn't want to piss off the new regime, part of my language. But then Getsy, come on, bro. Like we, we have the talent. Like we have skill sets. We see guys. I mean, much as crap as they got talked about the Bears wide receivers before the season started, we got some actual speed that is a threat downfield. And so, like, and Otto, to your point, that was the second quarter. We had a whole second half. The only deep pass I saw was to David Montgomery. That was the only – I'm like come, like, come on. Help your quarterback. To Danny's point, I think Justin is a phenomenal talent. So, if you could throw the deep pass, who cares if he Justin can't run Block, give him three, four seconds, and let it rip. That takes off the pressure because if you're going to bring a blitz, somebody's open. Yeah. The other thing is, guys, I don't, I just don't know if Getty has confidence in the offensive line to be able to block for long enough to get these guys downfield. Now, you know, there are, there but are times but, 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 nice pocket, but there's other times where he saw guys running just fleeing, free and clear. And again, going back to DMPs and what he does in terms of disguising coverages and, and where he's bringing pressure from. I think that, and then Justin's already playing hurt, and I, he knows that Justin might be limited in terms of being able to kind of, you know, get away from those defenders. So I think that could have played, uh, uh, you know, an aspect. But again, I, I agree with both you guys. You should take deep shots down a football field just to kind of give the defense some some sort of, you know, fear in the back of their mind, like, hey, these guys are going to go deep, you know, with guys like Mooney and, and Claypool. But yeah, I mean, that, that could just, I'm just throwing but it out there that it could have been something that in the back of his mind. Don't forget Khalil Herbert, who's a, who's been a big part of this offense, was out today. Uh-huh. And Tristan Herbert is just a guy right now. Abner is just a rookie, just, just a guy. Didn't give you much in terms of his his vision or anything like that. What 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 you know Herbert comes in it was a nice one two punch him in Montgomery. You know that's a nice you know big uh, part of your offense that's that's not there today. And uh, that's not the reason why I think you saw some of these you know lack. But let's of let's, let's get back today. to the question. Let's let, let's stick to the question with Otto just asked about the deep pass. Danny, you just said that. Because he doesn't trust the offensive line. Oh, I mean, I get it, but at the same time, you're gonna do a quarterback sneak. So I don't understand. You don't trust him to have three or four seconds to throw a deep pass. The quarterback sneak but, is not sitting back there at five, six seconds waiting for uh, but, but that's uh, not but, but bro, and, but the quarterback, quarterback take a shot, you know, whether it's in the but if you're gonna run him but, like that, Danny, 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 you're missing a point. Danny, you're missing a point. If if just as good hold on, hold on, one at a time, one at a time, one at a time. Go ahead, Tyler. If if Justin's gonna run the ball, he's automatically getting hit. <laughs> so like, like being unpred- go ahead, finish, finish your point because I, I don't agree with you. No, no, I don't care if you don't agree with me. The fact of the matter, we didn't take a deep, shot. we didn't take a deep shot the whole second half. I disagree with that because that, if, you, if you don't, think take it, you should take a shot, but you can't just. I'm just putting it out there that that you cannot protect Justin Fields in the pocket right now. I let, let these guys get back down. They're getting free shots at him, and and if Justin Fields running the ball, he's a runner. He's a, he's been a good doing a good job of getting down, getting out of bounds, seeing some some hits. But in terms of sitting back there in the pocket, he's a lame duck back there. So, I, I I don't agree with that, Danny. I think that there are times where he's getting the three seconds to toss the ball. It's in the offense. You need three seconds to take a deep shot down the field. You need three three. No, you don't need more than three seconds. That's not you, true. You, those are five step drops, guys. At least five, you need four yes, or five seconds at least. Exactly. Yeah. You drop yeah. longer when you're going to throw a deeper pass. That buys you more time. And no, no, so, we're talking we're talking about deep passes, right? We're not talking about just in, in the pocket. We're talking about being able to go back there five steps. A lot of receiver get downfield. That's what we're talking about. So we're talking about protecting for longer than three seconds. I don't know. I I, no. I, I, I saw. Yeah, okay. 
I, I just I, I saw the offensive line, and, and I hate to be defending them because they're not, you know, a good offensive line. But I saw enough time on some of these throws, and he just can't find somebody, or he's reluctant to pull the trigger on certain pass plays, and 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 that happens on deep passes, intermediate passes, and I'm also really uh, disappointed with some of these short throws. He's through three, five yards where he needs a little bit of touch on them. He's just not completing those. Now, again, I hate to be critical of Justin Fields because I know people are going to jump over, all over me, and I love the guy, and I have total confidence he's going to be great. But this is where we are at now, that he still has a lot of improvement to do in, in no order doubt. to yeah, be yeah. a top-notch uh, passer of the ball. Yeah, no no doubt there. But, I mean, talk, talk in terms of touch and accuracy, how about that throw to David Montgomery down the sidelines? That was touching. That's, that's feathering in between second and third level. So, you know, you, you can't knock him for not having touch and accuracy and then, then, then praise him for having that throw as well. Well, it's just I, I, I for me, it's, you, he, has no, he has no protection. Now, it, can he get rid of the ball football? Can he get rid of the football quicker and faster? Sure. That's still something that's developing. But in terms of you know telling him getting it, I'm talking specifically downfield, you need about four or five seconds of protection back there. And today they, they couldn't do it. But okay, but for, for this game, what Otto was saying before you came on, what we were talking about, Danny, was if Mooney would have caught that ball, that was 60 yards that could have been added to the total. Sure. You with us? Yeah. Okay, cool. Mooney beat the guy, Justin was protected. You with us? Mooney beat the guy. We'll say one more time. Mooney beat the guy what? Mooney beat his defender second quarter. He beat him bad. And yes. then Justin just overthrew him. Justin was protected. Are you with us? You with me? Yeah. Yep. What Aldo was saying was we didn't have that many more attempts of that same type of deal right. in the second right. half. Right. So I, that's I, what, I, I agree with that's what we're you saying. So when, 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 you said you don't, when you say you don't agree, we're like, what do you mean you don't agree? No, I said because I agree with you guys. They should have taken more chances downfield. I don't agree with you guys that the, the offensive line gave them a lot of uh, uh, time to throw back there today. That was – that wasn't that, that was yeah, okay, no worries. We're going to disagree. Yeah, that, that wasn't the topic. We were talking about the line. We were talking no, about – I said I, I, should, I, I they should have taken more shots. I said at halftime they should take at least one or two more shots down the football field just to give the defenses some pause saying, hey, you know what? We're, they're gonna take a deep shot here, here, or there. They took one in the first half. We got, we got lucky. We didn't, you know, they didn't complete it. Uh -huh. No, I, I agree. They should take at least two or three deep shots a game, in my opinion, if not more. That's what we were just saying. That's what we were confused. You were saying you disagree. The only thing was just maybe that that what could have given them pause in terms of not calling it. And again, uh -huh. just playing devil's advocate here is that he does not feel like they had enough time, and you know, late in the first half or second half to be able to protect. Justin, that's the only thing I'm, I'm, I'm just kind of throwing it out there in terms of what could be in the back of Luke Getty's mind. And Aldo, going back to your question, Aldo, going back to your statement, brother, the last play of the game, we saw, like you said, Justin's perception. Justin went to Montgomery. Claypool was one-on-one -on -one downfield. Claypool was one-on-one -on -one downfield. He's 6'4", six, 6'5". Six, and so those, like literally what you just said, that is Justin reluctant to throw to these guys? Because that was, but that was the stop. That, that was two. I only saw two deep ball opportunities, and that was one of them in the second half. One went to Bedard, um, went to Montgomery, and that was the second to last play of the game. I kind of was dressing where it looked towards the Claypool side. Um, lots of people in the chat room are saying, yeah, you know, we still scored uh, 24 points, and uh, it's the defense's fault we lost this game. What do you guys think about that? I'll start with Tyler. I mean, come on, guys. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, I get it. We, it's, you, you win and lose as a team. 
And so at the end of the day, we know what we have. We know what we have on defense. Um, we saw we, we saw we our defense forced a couple fumbles today. Sanborn looked great. We know what we're playing with. Okay. So at the end of the day, Aldo, you said it. The Falcons are playing for a division title. And we're getting we're getting their best efforts. They just got see a quarter Patterson back from injury reserve. They're coming at us with everything they got. Our Bears, the quote unquote the worst team in the NFL, just because all these reporters are hopping on us right now trying to give Justin Field praise. Don't forget about everything they said about us um before the season started. We had the worst this, the worst that, and we are actually competing with all these teams that are in playoff. The Falcons will, will have to make the playoffs. I think the Bears are now officially eliminated. I think by, by the math standpoint, it may, we might have been eliminated today. And so, guys, we get it. We don't have a pass rush. You're probably going to be fewer sacks in a year. But guess what? That was the decision made by the leadership. We can't get mad because the leadership made the, the, the decision. Don't, like, mess up your week because we don't have a sack. Tyler, we're getting a little static on your microphone. Can you check that out uh, while uh, Danny uh, responds to the question regarding the defense? Go ahead, Danny. In terms of the defense, guys, I mean, this has been a, this team has been last for three, four weeks has been an offensive juggernaut, averaging 30 points a game. And, and defensively, they've lost. There's a reason why they lost those games. So to expect the defense to make, you know, a, a key stop here and that, I, I had no expectation whatsoever. Defensively, they're they're going to be able to stop. Now there are some nice, to Tyler's point, there are some nice plays in the first half where they made a couple. They had a couple of turnovers. Uh, there were a couple of extra stops in the second half where the defense got the ball back to the football to the Bears, but offensively they just couldn't take it. So uh, going forward. And I know this is difficult for us, us Chicago fans because we're we're used to being a defensive team. We're not a defensive team anymore, guys. We're not going to be a defensive team, hopefully, maybe until next year. We'll see how they what happens in the offseason. But this team is going to live and die off of the offense and what the offense can do. And today they couldn't put up 30 points, and they end up losing. So that, that's that's how I look at it. There was there was no point, even when it was, what, third and six, I believe, when, when, when the after the Atlanta Falcons got the uh, the turnover off of Justin's interception third and six and, and then the Bears I think had one time left I had no no you know faith that they were going to stop them and force them to kick the ball and Bears get the ball back none because and then what happens they did convert on that first that third down easy run big game by, by Algier and uh, game over so it's like this is not a defensive team anymore this is not going to be a defensive team anymore sure can they make some plays on defense here and there and surprise us maybe but this this team in terms of wins and losses it'll go as Justin goes if Justin is healthy and putting out in the offense and putting up 30 points they have a chance to win. If Justin is like today hampered by whatever it was a hamstring or a shoulder injury towards the end of the game, and he can't be a hundred percent out there, he can't put up thirty points. Bears ain't gonna win. Simple as that. I I, I hope I hope I hope respectfully I hope you're wrong because I'm, I'm a defensive guy <laughs> and I hope that is not the case because with the quarterbacks that we have, what we're what we're going against in our division, we have to play defense. That's just the Chicago Bears motto. You, defense wins in the playoffs. I'm very interested. But not this year, Tyler. Do. I'm talking about this year. I'm not talking about the Okay, future. very good. Very good. Very good. But I say we, we better be because we just had a defensive head coach. So right, I would right, hope. Right. Yeah, I would I'm, hope I'm just talking about this have... year. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I think we, we, we cut some fat off and we, we release our salary cap and all that stuff. But I hope we bring in some great defensive passwords. That should be our motto next year, Dan. I think you agree with that with the nose tackle in front seven. Yep. yep. Yeah, no, I was just talking about this year because, I mean, they're, they're playing who they got, right? They, they pulled a guy, Chocolate Charlton, off of the Saints practice squad, and he's playing, what, half the game today. I mean, that's how bad they are defensively. They don't have the depth. They're playing everyone they've got. Uh, Gordon got hurt today. I think, I think someone else got hurt today defensively. So it's like, you know, it's this is what it is. And unfortunately, you know, it's, there's some bright spots in terms of what we like, like a kid like Sanborn so far. He had another, you know, solid game today. Uh, but it's like, it, it is what it is right now. You know, Brisker had a solid game today. It's they're not going to be a defensive team this year. Now, 
that I agree with you. That's something they need to address and address quickly in the offseason, whether it's free agency, a draft, or both, to be honest with you. I'll pour a lot of money, a lot of resources in that defense. And then also, obviously, you know, the offensive line and receiver and all that stuff, so on and so forth. But, yeah, defensively this year, it's it's not going to happen. It's, it's If you're going to win games, it's going to be because of Justin and the offense. Caesar uh, writes something here that I normally would never even – entertain but it is kind of weird he writes if anyone knows football we we know they threw that game in the end and i'm i i i still don't want to believe and i won't believe that they threw the game at the end but there is a a, a feeling here that the bears really don't care too much about winning because this is a complete rebuild and they would love to have a top five draft pick if they would have won today their draft uh a status would have gone from seven to around 17, 18, something like that. And so Tyler, I gotta, I'll start with you. Do, do you sometimes get that feeling too that, Hey, you know, maybe they don't really want to win this game. <laughs> it's so funny because while we're talking about, I'm like, did we try to win that game? Because like, we, we, it's like, it's like we've been tripping on air the past couple of weeks. You know what I mean? And it's just like, come on guys. And you think about all the games that were less than seven points. Yo, we we, we could have beat the Giants. All we had to do was score a couple touchdowns. Like the Vikings, like all these close circumstances. But these last ones, Aldo, I don't, I don't, I don't know, and I would hate to think so. But at the end of the day, I'm like, as I'm thinking about, I'm like, who? Now I'm thinking about the top ten draft picks. It's funny because as we were talking, I'm like, we might get a top five draft pick. And so you you don't know, but like I I am glad that we actually have our first round pick this year. Mm-hmm. I know, I know Danny's gonna, uh, you know, poo poo all that, but don't you get the feeling, Danny, that sometimes, yeah, they're not really interested in winning. I honestly, I, I don't, guys. And, and the only reason because is like you have, you know, 53, 60 some players on that roster, and, and they're all, we talked about it before, majority of these guys are playing for their careers next year, right? They're all one year contracts. You know, if this coaching staff goes in there with the idea of they're going to give up a game and don't, they don't care, they're going to they're gonna lose that locker room. If you use a locker room as a head coach, you're done pretty much. You're, you're done. Ask Matt Nagy, ask Tressman, ask all these guys in the past. So, you know, I, I don't believe that. I don't, I don't think of that. You know, they have six games left. They could easily pull off one or one or two of one of these miraculous victories. And next thing you know, they're, they're down the draft board. So I think what the Bears are going to do, they're going to finish in the top 10 in terms of their, their overall drafts, you know, draft pick. And it's it's just I used to be the kind of guy that would be sit there rooting for losses because I wanted them to get a top pick or anything like that. But right now we have our quarterback. And, and so I can sit back and say, all right, whatever you get, top 10, top six, top five. Great. Because I know where I'm targeting what I'm targeting. And I think you can get a, a great player at, at those, you know, within the top 10 at that, at that position. So you have a lot of needs on this football team. You don't have specifically just one need where you're like, all right, I need a top, top two pick so I can get this one player. No, you need, and then eventually guys in the draft process go up, guys go down stock wise, you know, as long as you're in a sweet spot in that first round, especially that top 10, you know, you could recoup a lot of whole bunch of draft capital with guys in, you know, teams in the, you know, tw- teams that are trying to jump up and get their quarterback or get their, you know, receiver or whatever position they're looking for. Right. So that's the thing is like, as long as you finish in that top 10, which the bears, I believe will their, their draft status, I think they'll be fine. You, as a coaching staff, you cannot risk losing your locker room and to, to, you know, now, now the only thing is like, is, is the, the only thing that got me questioning is like that play calling in that last series was, <laughs> yeah. like, what are you doing? I was like scratching my head. I'm like, what kind of play calling is this? If, if Caesar is basing that off of his, his, his thought process or his comments, maybe I see that, like, what are you doing? But maybe he just at that point gets, he's like, you know what, this guy's hurt. 
but but still, he's hurt, but you get running him. So I, it, it just didn't make sense to me that, that last series there. Tyler, you had a and, thought? Yeah, I had a quick thought. And first of all, like, shout out to Caesar because that was a real question. And, and, and I definitely appreciate it because, like Danny said, you're like, come on, guys. Like, they, like, get our, the Bears, the, we got, I'm, I'm getting notifications that Bears staff may be in position for a head coaching job next year. That's the kind of notifications that I'm getting throughout the course of the week. And so, like, the, we have got the league on notice. So to all of a sudden to, to fumble like that was silly. But I wanted to ask Danny, um, according to the draft, the best player, like, I, I think our highest need may be in the front seven or offensive offensive line, in my mind. Or, the, Danny, do we get the best player available? In my mind, maybe the best defensive player available. But, like, Danny, do you – I mean, what's, what's your thought process that the Bears should do? Is it – Best offensive weapon, best defensive weapon available, or do we go offensive line, defensive line? Uh, Tyler, it's all going to depend, man, what, what they do in free agency. Remember, they have over $100 million in cap space. You know, there's going to be players, veteran players, that can bring in and address area of needs. But let, let's just say that they, they stay status quo for the purpose of, the, of this conversation, and they go into the draft with, with what they have right now. Dude, top two picks got to be defensive linemen. I'm talking about tackles and Travis Gibson again today got, got washed out in terms of the run defense was just tossed on the ground, like a rag doll, another earlier run in the first, in the first half. I know he, he injured, came, he got injured knee, came back in the game, showed some toughness, but still Travis Gibson to me really is taking a, a fall, uh, not, not taking that next step that I was anticipating him doing. So you need a defensive end. You're going to need a defensive tackle. We've all talked about the three technique in this, this defense, how you need them. You know, uh, possibly if you bring back Nick Morrow, you, you, know, you may have found something here in Jack Sanborn. And I do like Matt Adams a lot as well. So you may have something covered there in linebacker, but linebacker depth is something you can probably address in, this, in a, you know, day two, day three of the draft. So, but then uh, but once you get defensive line, then you got to go offensive line. Then you got to go receiver. You got at least one or two more receivers in this offense. And then you know that area we don't talk about here is is a nice complement tight end to Cole Komet. That adds another uh, dimension to your offense. I mean, uh, a guy just top of my head, I'm gonna throw out there, Mike Gesicki. You know, a guy from the guy from Miami. He's more of a you know flex guy. Line him up in a slot. He'll give you another uh, a big body out in the passing field. You know, maybe those are guys you can kind of address on offense as well. But for sure. If it stays status quo, my first two picks got to be defensive line. And, and with that thought, Aldo, do you agree? Because my thought process is, I actually, I, I ask you guys to ask this: with the flashes that we've seen of Justin Fields' glimpses of greatness, I truly feel like he's going to be one of the top five, top top ten quarterbacks in the NFL with this young man if he can stay healthy. Have the Chicago Bears now become a free agency island that we have now gained attraction from players like, hey, I can go play with this guy. And so, like, now, although with $100 million in cap space, are we now a landing spot for some, for some players that want to revitalize their career? Absolutely. I think that the Bears are going to be a very attractive destination for everybody except wide receivers. <laughs> because they, they still, the Bears, unfortunately, still have that reputation that this is where wide receivers go to die. <laughs> and so I, I, I think that if, uh, if, if things are all even and there's a free agent wide receiver available, he probably will choose some other team other than the Bears, primarily because Justin Fields is a running quarterback and not a passing quarterback. But I, 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 but to answer your overall question, I agree with Danny. You've got to, you've got to secure this the line of scrimmage. And right now, these defensive backs for the Chicago Bears can play much better if there's a pass rush 
Oh my God, they could be play a hell of a lot better. And we're not getting the pass rush. And that's why primarily first and foremost, why we've lost the last few weeks. I know that uh, Jordan Silvera doesn't agree with that. He thinks that the coaching staff and the general manager are incompetent people, but I, I totally disagree with Jordan. I think that there's an overall plan for this team and that is to move all the resources as many of the resources as possible to collect as many assets as possible for 2023 i don't i don't really think that anybody is tanking but in a sense they are tanking because they're not providing as much personnel there's like i think uh 13 million dollars in cap space available right now that could have been used to acquire more players but polls would prefer to take a more uh, a, a, a macro approach towards this and that starts in 2023 when he's got his entire scouting department in place and he's done uh, uh, months and months of researching players and, and to build a team plus he wanted to know what kind of a quarterback do I have do I have a quarterback okay. that I, I won't need to replace you know either via a veteran or drafting somebody and so that answer that that question has been answered for him and now it's just a matter of holding on keeping everybody as healthy as possible which we didn't see that today with the play calling but it's all about 2023 and and that's a, a really really tough thing for us bears fans to to enjoy but you know dan this is something danny's been preaching since before the 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 first snap of the season and he was absolutely right and and i and i agree with him yeah and the thing about receivers the good thing is you don't have to worry about free agent receivers because it's not worth a, a damn out there in terms of free agency what's out there this year but that's one of the reasons why he went and got himself Claypool using that high second round pick because he knew the free agent class sucked and this is where he was gonna but he's gonna address that rest of the field in in the in the draft and, and I think that's where he's gonna attack a receiver specifically but yeah in terms of you know defensive line you know offensive line that's gotta be that resource is gonna be poured in there better veteran free agency you know early in the draft you get those short up and then you go and you get bring in you know a, a receiver from the a receiver or two from the from the draft class short up the offensive line um, you know, I, I think for me right now, offensive line rise, I, I, I think I got two positions down pat. Although one of those guys that I that I kind of penciled in for next year, right guard, Tevin Jenkins, was a healthy, was healthy, was dressed. At least he was, you know, we, we think he was healthy. Didn't take it, didn't see a snap. Yeah, he didn't practice there. all week, and I think that's the reason why, Danny. The, okay. No but he was dressed, so I, I kind of figured, you know, if he's dressed, and then they maybe just figured in case of emergency, we'll put him in there. But, you know, that could be the reason there. But for me, guys, Riley Reef has really acquitted himself Oh my God. Solid in terms of right tackle. I know he's a one year contract. I know he's an aging veteran, but you know what? If you don't go out there and get yourself someone in free agency, a younger guy, and there's guys like Jack Conklin, who's injured a lot out there, Orlando Brown from the Chiefs, who I, plays left tackle, I see him better as a right tackle in terms of in the future. You know, if you don't get those big money guys, you know, you could bring a right reef there, a right tackle, solidify that, and then just kind of pour some more resources in, into the middle of that offensive line. You know, we're getting a little ahead of ourselves here in terms of off-season off talk. But, yeah, I mean, there's different a lot of ways you can go. But, yeah, you know, first and foremost is that defensive front. But but to go along with that, and you went the direction I wanted to go, why – if we're rebuilding and evaluating, why wouldn't we get Larry Broom more reps? I, 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 agree. I don't think Borum's a right tackle, Tyler. To be honest with you, I, I mean, if you want to put him inside a guard and, and come compete, fine. I, I have no problem. Let him compete there. But I think right tackle, we saw him exposed. The more he got exposed at right tackle, the more he started looking a little you know, vulnerable out there. So that's why I think he's just not a right tackle. Now, you want to give the kid a chance at guard? I have no problem. Let him come in there and compete. And the best, the best five start. Mm-hmm. 
Um, what do you guys think about what Jordan is saying here? He's saying that the coaching is incompetent. You got to look at uh, his example is uh, is evidence here. One of the species of evidence is Chase Claypool being much more uh, productive in his very first game after just five days of uh, practicing or learning the playbook, and then in the subsequent two weeks, he's been uh, hardly a factor. What do you guys think? The- Tyler, should I, you want to go first? Or should I go first on that one? Go ahead, no, no, just go. <laughs> All right, so the, the, the one thing with, with him and Jordan, I, I know I see your point, and, and I agree with you to, to a certain extent, but the one thing that, that Getsy said is in, in these, these uh, weeks leading up is that you know each game, each opponent, he, he uh, deserves a, a, a game plan that's different, right? So that means different formations, different plays. And to my and even last week, I got we have to take a look at the numbers. His actual snaps played for Claypool was, was far less than what he had the first week. So that tells me that that first week they kind of put in plays and, and gave him some some routes in those concepts that made it easy for him. Now, is he not picking up these 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 uh, route concepts? Is it just something where he's he's not, not even getting open? You know, that's something we're going to take a look at the all 22 and maybe maybe break down and see what, why the lack of production. You know, today for me, and, and just again, I don't know if anybody has this, the numbers out there, but snap wise, I didn't see him out there a lot, you know, and, and again, with something we noticed with this coaching staff is if you're not producing in practice, you're not going to get reps in the game. And that's, you know, Valus Jones was someone that we talked about, you know, it was benched, you know, it wasn't even dressed last two weeks because of the fumbles. And also he wasn't doing much offensively in practice. So and kill Harry, another guy that Tyler and I had some high hopes for in terms of bringing some, maybe some production here. Hasn't seen the, you know, hasn't been dressed last two weeks because of lack of production. So that tells me either a, he's not, Getting the the concepts or or the or the uh, the playbook down fast enough, or he's not making plays in practice. Which to me, Tyler, I I, I mean I mean Jordan, I agree. It's is a cause for concern here because you gave a high second round pick for him. I just wouldn't say that the coaching is incompetent. I just would say that they're more thorough. They want to see this kid actually earn his reps on the football field and just kind of hey. Hey, we got a second round pick for you. Hey, you go out there. You, you go out ahead of, you know, Dante Pettis. You go out ahead of there, uh, St. Brown. These two guys have been through us through all ATAs and who know this, you know, playbook inside out. That's not fair to those guys. Those guys are veterans too. So that's what I'm kind of leaning on. Uh, of course, you know, this could turn out to be something where Claypool might not be the guy that everyone thought about. But again, that's jumping way over. You know, I'm not, I'm not claiming that. I'm just saying these could be things that factor into his lack of snaps. Uh, I, you know, in terms of incompetent coaching. Jordan, it, 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 you might be right four or five years from now. I might come back and say, you know what, Jordan, you nailed it, you know, four or five years ago that this was a competent coaching staff. But I early returns, uh, this is not an incompetent coaching staff. This is a coaching staff that, that does could, could put players in position to succeed. Just look at case in point, Justin Fields. You know, so I, I, I do not want to go out and, and call them incompetent. I just want to see them and what they do with more talent and, and a better surrounding cast, you know, moving forward. Tyler? I definitely want to dive into it. And although I know we have head coach coming up to speak soon, but um, first of all, shout out to Jordan. You're my, you, what's up, bro? You're, you're awesome. Jordan did a heck of a job with this. And, but it's so, but with this particular question, I can play both sides because honestly, it goes back to that question, Aldo. Are we trying to win? Claypool is a talent, hands down. But Danny Aldo, if the Chiefs are down to their third, fourth string wide receiver, if Claypool was on the Chiefs right now, I guarantee you he'd be on the field. Just as a talent wide, that's my perspective. But I'm going to dive back in after the head coach gets done. All right, thank you, Tyler. Football team here, and we got to keep improving on those things. But there's a lot of good things we did do, and we got to keep and do, keep doing those things. What did you think of Justin's game? Passing before that final 
It was good. I, you know, I, I was really, you know, the shot that he should have hit, you know, just missed Mooney. I mean, that was a well-thrown ball, and that thing was that was, thing was on a rope. And uh, just a couple more steps there, maybe we could have had that one. So, But I was really, really impressed with that. I mean, the throw he threw to David Montgomery on the side of the scramble, man, that thing was on a dime. That was excellent. Uh, Mooney's touchdown. I mean, that was that was beautiful too. So he had a lot of good plays out there today, and he's just keep growing and growing and growing and getting better and better. Yeah, we just gotta. Yeah, we just gotta operate. We just gotta operate in that two minute situation. You know, we gotta execute in those moments, and uh, we just gotta keep our eyes forward and, and execute next time. No, it was good. I mean, obviously the the Valus return. What was that? Fifty five yards. I want to say that was that set up the first score. Obviously, uh, that was excellent. The cost fumble. You know, we didn't. I know we didn't reap the benefits of that on that particular one, but we made a stop on defense, and then the very next drive we ended up scoring a field goal, I believe, on the, on that one. But uh, um, yeah, this you know special teams. You know, it comes down. We had a lot of good plays on special teams today. So obviously, the big kick return, you know, negates some of that. But uh, again, it's all eleven guys out there on the cover squad. The, the timing of the, of the Patterson return seemed really go against you when you had the lead, a ten point lead. It, it just I don't I won't say it turned the game around, but it just. No, I mean, uh, we know there's going to be ups and downs to a game. There's going to be adversities as we go, and we're always going to respond to those adversities. You know, will we always come out on top? Sometimes we will. Sometimes we, you know, it'll go the other way, but we're going to respond the same way. You know, we're going to have our eyes forward. You know what's going to happen. It happens, you know, in every game, you know, so the, how we respond to adversity is very important to our football team. For on, on the two-minute drive? Yes. No, we were just in two-minute operation. That's Luke's calling the calling the game there like he always like he always does. No, I'm just telling him what you know what my communication to him is. It's it's simple. Is that I'm telling him what the operation of the offense is, meaning you're on the ball or I'm calling timeout so he knows. Okay, and then he rips the call. And then we're in two minute mode from there. And then, then when it gets to a certain point, I say, "Hey, I'm timeout on on in, timeout inbounds in the next play." I might tell him that, but uh, uh, we're just uh, operating in our normal two minute mode. Right, but after the fact, what was your view and assessment of the plays you guys called? Yeah, we're gonna do that on the plane and tomorrow. We'll, we'll assess those things. Right. No, that was a good play. I mean, the defense had him hemmed up in the in the backfield there. You know, so you're talking about the third one, that third down going to fourth down. Yeah. Yeah. So I just think we gotta, yeah, we gotta do a better job tackling lower there. You know, so when you take a man's legs away from him, you stop him where he stands, and uh, we have to do a better job there. You know, so I think we're just tackling a little bit too high there. So he stayed alive. Right, very strong man. Right, we all seen him run, and uh, he got the fourth and one. Then on the fourth and one play, we got to shoot our gap. You know, linebacker's got to shoot his gap at least, give us an opportunity to stuff him in the hole there. How do you assess at the end of the game like that? Uh, whether Justin should keep playing in that situation? Yeah, I just you know leave it up to the medical staff. That's that's how we do it. This player and medical staff assess that, and we go from there. Matt, as the head coach, not being done play calling last week. What is your role in helping him find consistency, 
Yeah, I would just say that, you know, with Alan and with Luke and with HT, our conversations are just what we can do that we think is best for the football team. And uh, I have conversations with all three of those guys. So it's no different if it's on offense or defense or kicking. But uh, we always have those conversations, put our players in the best place to succeed, and our play calls should reflect that. Yeah. Yeah. So we worked with Tevin. You know, so Tevin, before the game, said that, hey, I'm able, you know, I'm still a little bit hurt, right? But I'm able to be there as a backup, you know, if needed in an emergency. So that's where he was today. That's why he didn't rotate. If he was a little bit better, you know, we would have rotated him in there. Um, uh, but he wasn't at that point. Okay. Thank you. All right. Thank All you. right. Uh, anything stand out there for, to you guys? Uh, Danny, start with you. Uh, no, I, I answered a question that we were talking about earlier in terms of Tevin Jenkins, right? He got dressed, but he still wasn't 100% yes, yeah, so that answers that. Uh, I, I like the fact that they, they kind of pressed him in terms of Justin, you know, and being hurt and, and that, that play calling. He just said, left it up to Getsy. You know, like, you know, Getsy is, is a play caller. I don't I don't mess with that, which we already knew. And in terms of the injury, like, you know, it's the tanning, I mean, the tanning, the uh, the training staff, you know, the training staff said he was good to go. He's go back in there. So uh, the one thing I would say right now, and this this might be, uh, you guys might pay poo-poo this. Uh, I might get trash but i i would sit justin fields next week guys i would not I'm play him against i was gonna ask that question i want to hear i would not play him against the jets that is a ferocious front seven that's a, a and you cannot block that front seven uh with this bears offensive line so i would just sit him i, I would like i would let him uh um yeah take on a car take him to yeah so i i would i would just sit him and i'm not let let the let the veteran uh, Simeon get in there, and it's going to be a popular. You know, it's a game you could probably win with Justin there being 100. But I, I, at this point right now, it's it's like you know, do not let this kid go out there and take another beating. I think that the buy is after that, correct? If I'm not mistaken, uh, after the Packer game. Uh, oh, there's Packers after. Okay, so yeah, so that might not you know, give him. I was gonna say give, maybe give him two weeks to kind of heal up there. But yeah, I mean, for me, I, I would just uh, I would just let him sit there. Yeah, there's Packers after that, so. Uh, you know, depending how, how severe the injury is to his shoulder, I was just hoping it wasn't a collarbone injury, mm -hmm. uh, you know, cause it can, he kind of, he fell on his side and started holding that shoulder. So hopefully it's not that. Um, but that's the thing is like my, my initial reaction is just, just adjusting on next week. What do you think Tyler? Yeah. I would err on the side of caution. Um, don't play with the future. The last thing we need is Justin hurt during the off season. That's a whole nother can of worms. Cause that we just don't want that. Because the shoulder and the hamstring, like we're talking about soft tissue here, guys. That's you just don't want to play with those kind of things. Danny, I was surprised that they even kept him out there when he started stretching on his hamstring. I would have just could, when you saw Trevor warming up, I'm like, yeah, bring Trevor in. Because why? If we're if we're rebuilding, if we're not trying to win, the, if we were trying to win the game, guys, that would have been different. But it didn't look like we were trying to win the game. So why put the man out there? I don't understand why they called the last that that draw to run for him when they could have mm -hmm. called something more downfield the, the previous play. And so don't expose him to harm. And then, then, then like this, it is, it just doesn't make sense. And we can't play with our franchise quarterback. I'm um, Justin's a warrior. He's not going to take himself out the game and everything. He wants to beat it for his teammates and we got to protect our players from themselves sometimes. But this, he had like what? Six over 70 yards rushing again, this, this game. 80, uh, 80 plus yards rushing. Yeah. Touchdown. Double attempts. He's doing a lot, and he's doing more than what he's done his previous whole year combined. And so, like, the soft tissue that he's stretching out is going to take a toll. And so we're really going to find out tomorrow morning because today his adrenaline was pumping. 
We'll find out tomorrow when he wakes up how he really feels. <laughs> and and that, that's just how it goes. And it might like, ooh, I need to relax. Because I've had some hamstrings <laughs> a couple weeks. before. And it, it just, it's, it's just not fun. You don't, like, we, we know you're tough. We just need, we don't, don't mess up the future. Yeah. And the thing was like, we, we talk about just the hits that we saw, at, we saw at the end of the game, but I mean, he was getting, there were two or three, like just defenders coming straight at him with no one touching him. You know, there was a one, there was one on the, on the uh, I think it might've been Schofield who let him just a uh, defender come free clear. And he nailed Justin Fields. That was that, that uh, throw to Ebner to the, to the far sideline where he bounced it to him because he, he was crushed as he was throwing the football. So, and there was another one, I think on, on, on the run play where a, uh, a blocker missed a tackle, Troy Anderson, the linebacker, and he had a free and clear shot at him. So, you know, it's, 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 he's, these hits have been piling up. And I, I, Justin's been doing a great job in terms of sliding, getting out, out of bounds. Today, there's a couple of slides where there were some late hits that could have been late hits that, that weren't called. Again, he, he doesn't get these calls, uh, apparently. So, but the, uh, you know, there's just a toll on his body that's going to, you know, keep hitting. And you put him in front of that Jets defensive front next week with, with less than 100%, you know, if he's at all hindered. Uh, unable to run away from those guys, I, I I do not want to see that. I just hope that they go on. And if he is injured, if he's unable to perform, uh, if it's a, a sprained shoulder joint or something like that, and he can play through it, uh, but as long as his lower body, his lower half is okay, and his hamstrings are okay, then I, and I'll, I'll go out and put him out there. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna baby him. He's he's a big, strong, tough dude, and he can take the pounding. But uh, but if at all, if he's hindered, lower half, lower body, he can't run away. We saw that 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 on that last drive, that you know, run out to the outside got one yard but you know that was not justin fields that was just he was kind of like half half speed there so uh you know i, I would not put him out there and, and let him get destroyed Danny, and to your point th this is the same jets team that punched the mvp candidate in the mouth yeah. and and Josh tough, man but justin and they, are, <laughs> they are tired of being bad and so like much respect to the jets and their coaching staff and they have some weapons and they are they are ferocious and so i don't want to get justin hurt but we can't baby him but like if he's hurt right. like why Right. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I, I don't want to baby him. He's not and he's not a he's a competitor. He's not one that's going to want to be babied at all. So I bet you're sure, you know, if they tell him you're not playing next week, he's going to try and make sure he plays. But again, it just let's see what the shoulder comes back with the fact that he couldn't walk off the football field to be carted off. That's not a good sign right there. You know, so uh, and, you know, we talked about last week in terms of his legs being heavy. Uh, I don't know yeah. if he pulled the hamstring or if he, if he strained the hamstring, but whatever it is, if he's not 100 percent back there, uh, I, I said him. a hamstring tear is like is 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 just very, very bad. And we, that's not what we want. He's, he's, he's super elongating that thing. Every time he's taking a stride, we just don't want that situation. Yeah. Jordan makes a great point. It's uh, the, the Eagles and the bills have ferocious fronts too. And you better right. believe the at least that's after the jets. That's after the bye week Right. So, you know, I'm, I'm after the, uh, I'm sorry, after the, uh, the, the jets, after the Packers and also after the bye week So you're talking about three weeks there before you get to the Eagles and, and, and the, and the bills. So, you know, right. if you set them against the jets and if you set them against the Packers and you get the bye week so you got three weeks there from the heel up. And now, you know, if you put them out against the Eagles, that's fine. It's a ferocious front. And, and so is the bills, but, He's at least 100%, and at least he can protect himself. <laughs> the, the Packers game is our Super Bowl. Rest them next week. Let's beat the Packers. Let's beat the Packers, and I'm happy. Hey, I want to get uh, both of your opinions on linebacker Jack Sanborn. I'd like to start with Tyler. Tyler's played the position before, so he's he's well-versed on, you know, uh, what linebacker play should look like. I got to tell you, Tyler – this guy to me looks really impressive. The scouting reports that I got on Jack Sanborn before the draft, I don't know if they were accurate. I mean, this guy is covering some ground. Um, so what are your thoughts on Jack Sanborn so far? 
I mean, as 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 somebody who played the game, and I'm actually, I think I told you guys, I'm a strength and conditioning coach now for a high school varsity football team. We have like a number four nose tackle in our league, um, in 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 the, in the county going for the for a college, and so knowing that position. This guy is hungry. I like this kid, Aldo. Like, he's like a guy, like Tom Brady, picking number 199. He's like, let me show you what I can really do. We saw glimpses in preseason. When Roquan left, he had an opportunity. I mean, he's, he's not afraid to be in the mix. Some guys get happy just to get a jersey. He's like, no, I want to be where the ball is. And I don't, I don't see him shy away from contact or where the ball is at. And it's it's what you see when he doesn't have when a when a play's not going his way, Aldo. When the ball doesn't go his way, he still makes his first step to go towards the towards the pile. And that's mm-hmm. what you want from your linebackers. I've seen the other a lot of other teams and they don't do that. They don't want that smoke, is what you call it. They don't want that smoke. But Sanborn, I mean, we're talking about over five tackles, forced fumble, or fumble recovery at halftime. At like before the half. And that is just like truly, truly awesome for somebody who wasn't like high, was a high profile guy. But Aldo, we're talking about awareness, being able to jump, get vertical. His eyes, he's keeping his hands up, and he's flowing to the ball. He's not perfect. He's not there by any stretch. I'm not crowning him a Hall of Fame, but I'm happy he's on our team. And if you can find a guy like that and sign him for cheap for four years, that's mm-hmm. a great business decision right there. That's awesome because you don't have to pay him $20 million next year. You can pay him $10 million for the next five years, and he'll be thrilled. Mm-hmm. And so I'm super, super happy for this gentleman. Definitely, he does. if he does perform, pay him what he's worth. I'm not saying that. But um, I, I'm truly, truly happy with his effort. Shout out to the coaching staff and the scouting department that, that got him the opportunity, that probably made them feel comfortable moving on from Roquan, getting some more draft capital. But I'm extremely happy with his effort. Danny? Yeah, in terms of Jack Samuel coming out of Wisconsin, I mean, I, mean, I scouted him in, in terms of like he's a he's a heady, instinctive linebacker that that was limited in terms of you know overall athleticism in terms of sideline and sideline playmaking ability, but definitely a guy that that would over make for what he lacked athletically with instincts, and that's what we're seeing so far here. Although today I, I saw him make a nice play where he kind of kind of you know uh, uh, hit the gap and saw that opening with Algier and kind of took him down. Actually, I, I think it was Patterson. Took him down, held him short uh, on uh, mid up a pull up a third and one. But you know, one thing he brings to this Bears defense, he brings uh, again a guy that's going to play hard. Uh, motor runs at 100% all the time. He's instinctive in terms of that position. He knows what he, what he's looking for. He does a good job of reading his you know his keys, and, and he comes downhill with it, with aggression in terms of his run fits. Uh, you saw him today a couple of times. You know, this doesn't come up in the statues, but he come and he took on a lead blocker and he stood him up in the hole. And then now, unfortunately, the guys around them aren't good enough where they can, you know, rally and make a play on the, on the ball carrier. And the ball carrier kind of went around them and, and, and made, made some gains there. But once you uh, get the, the rest of the talent on the defense up to par, you know, a guy, a linebacker comes in, takes that aggression, takes on a, a blocker like that. Eventually, he's going to get better in terms of using his hands as well as, a, you know, taking on stacking and shedding. But he took on a, a lead guard, uh, stood him up in the hole. If, if the other guys are around to make a play, that's a that's a loss or a really really short uh, gain there for the for the opposing uh, offense. So, uh, instinctive kid, uh, a guy who uh, you know has a chance really to to stick on this as, as a as a good starting uh, linebacker here going forward. Mm-hmm. And Danny, that's what I want to ask both of you gentlemen real quick, but along with this question, Danny, what does Sanborn have to do with all this draft capital, all this money we got? What does Sanborn have to do outside of? eating, putting on some more muscle over the offseason. What does he have to do to be the starter middling linebacker for the Bears next season? 
Or as of right now, there's no one there's no one on the roster better than him in terms of starting a middle linebacker. I mean, I think Nick Morrow's on a one-year contract, but I think you know, we've seen he's a veteran that that could, you know, could possibly you know be re-signed and, and, and play a weak side linebacker. But again, he's not the ideal fit there, a weak side linebacker. So you might want to look at look to the draft to kind of you know bring in an upgrade. But uh in terms of Sanborn, like you know, if he doesn't play Mike, if for example, you, you pick up a, a weak side linebacker in the draft or in free agency, you move uh, Morrow back to middle and you put Sanborn in streak side uh, strong side linebacker, I think you can do that as well. So I think Sanborn has cemented himself on this roster. I think in terms of what he can do to get better, just touch on it, you know, b- being better in terms of his hand stacking and shedding at, at the point of contact. He's already a guy that that brings that physicality uh, in run defense. So he takes on blockers, just got to get a better chance of being able to use your hands and get off of those blocks and make a play yourself. But I think once, uh, once we see the talent around him get better, I think we'll see him get better. And of course, you know, a, a full off season in the weight room, getting stronger, you know, getting more in, in depth in this, in this defense. I think you'll see this kid uh, have a chance to, to really cement the starting spot. So if, 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 if he, if he doesn't, if he, if he doesn't get to the next step and he's a worst, a backup linebacker, who's going to be a hell of a special teams guy as well. So I think he's got a spot on the roster going into next year for sure. Yeah, I'm super impressed with the way Sanborn has played. Uh, it, it's been a surprise. It's been a re- uh, revelation. Uh, so, um, hey, guys, uh, I've got a family emergency that I need to attend to. My father-in-law is not very well, and I just got a message from my wife that uh, things are not uh, going uh, well. So I'm going to pull the plug on this edition of Bear Football a little earlier than I want. Uh, just got the message here, so I apologize to you and to all of our listeners. Great job, Tyler. Great job, Danny. Um, I'm filling in for uh, John Buffon here. I'm going to dart out of here as quickly as I can. So uh, tomorrow our football coverage is kind of on hold, uh, probably resumes things on Tuesday, although I should say Bears Country podcast will be on tomorrow at 7 p.m. Central with Dan Aguirre and Mr. Shorty So and Cliff Victoria. So uh, take care, everybody, and we'll see you soon.